Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Is it on? It is on. The Lord is speaking. The Lord. Okay. Oh, thank you, Lord. Chuck Perry. How many guys have never heard it really loud? Is it too, it's too loud. It's all right? All right. How many of you want more of me? How many of you want less of me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. I, I'm being serious now. This is serious. Um, Chuck Perry. How many of you guys have never heard Chuck speak? Raise your hand. Never heard Chuck. Oh, man. You, this, is, this is a treat. Chuck is, the, uh, he's the, he is now the head, uh, the senior director of the Healing Rooms up in Reading. But really, Chuck is, a, uh, is one of our kind of spiritual mentors, fathers. We've, we've been on trips with him. He's been raised from the dead himself. He's raised others from the dead. He, he was a shop teacher. Um, that, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but he, he actually was, though. But he, his, his life, he literally, he got saved because he was in his room, um, and, uh, and Jesus walked into his room and said, I want to be your guru. And, he, and he, told, he told Chuck, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I want to be your guru. And so Chuck didn't you know, he was a mystical, like, you know, you know drugs and stuff like that. And so he, that was the language that he knew. I want to be your guru. And so he, he didn't realize the way, the truth, and the life is in the Bible. Anyway, Chuck's life is, it's a never-ending story of, uh, of God showing up and doing ridiculous stuff. And he's the happiest old guy I've ever met. And he gets away with everything. Um, he does. He, most people, like, you, he can, you, you do miracles, and you talk about the Holy Spirit, and people, like, want to persecute you. With Chuck, they just want to be like, oh, okay. Okay. Because he just does it with a, with a lot of joy, and he's an older guy. So um, anyway, so come. He's doing a Saturday night thing with Watermark. We're partnering. I love that. And then Sunday morning, he's going to be with us. Okay. Um, okay, cool. Today, I'm, I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump right in. Father, oh, Lord, today's already been so good, Papa. Those kids. <laughs> Those kids, God. Father, I think, the, I think the kids were the main thing today, God. Uh, Lord, we thank you for worship. We thank you for the kids. Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit would continue to speak to us. And, um, yeah, we love you, Lord. We love you. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to play it before, so I don't forget. Can we pray a quick blessing on the mansion, on the nightclub? These guys, if you don't know the story, they let us, they let us start here for a year and a half for free. They, 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 charged, they charged a different church just to do evenings here on Sunday nights, 20 grand a month. 20 grand a month. They gave it to us for free for like the first year and a half, Okay. Dude, it's it's amazing story. They are inc- they're generous. They love us. They're like, what else can we do to make your stay here better? Is there any? I mean, it's amazing. They help set things up in our kids' room before we get here. Anyway, they're not. Let's just. I want to bless them. So can we just like I don't know, I don't know where you reach out to. Let's just pray, Father. <coughs> help my cough. And we, Lord, we bless we bless the owners of the mansion. God, we bless them that their hearts would be abundant, God. I pray that, that their families would prosper, God. I pray that the, the, the workers that are here would prosper, God. I pray that each person, Father, that walks through this door, um, they get to partake 
of the Holy Spirit that's in the room, God. Lord, I pray that anything, any kind of, any like Holy Ghost, any kingdom residue that we leave behind, Lord, that their feet stick to it instead of our feet sticking to the floors. Lord, that they would actually get the kingdom sticking to them, Lord. That they would be, there would be an infusion of joy and life and true, true happiness, God. Not, not the kind of happiness that leads you depressed when the drink is done, God. But God, I, the drink that never runs dry. God, I pray that every single worker and everybody that walks through these doors, God, would have this, would have an awakening in their heart to know you, Jesus. Lord, you said that, that, every, that all of creation knows you and longs for you, God, that you are the desires of the nations. And so, Father, I pray that because we've been in here, God, because there's going to be a revival of hearts, God, from the, from the people that work here to attend here to be able to own it, God. And, Lord, I declare this building will be used for Jesus from here on out, God. From here on out, this building is used for the kingdom. Amen. <laughs> We're going to leave this place better than we found it. Just like, they're going to find angels in places they didn't know angels fit, all right? Come on. <laughs> all right. Christmas. Christmas! I just like to see my wife laugh a lot. Um, man, whether you love Christmas or not, it's here. It's not going anywhere. Whether Christmas has been a tough time, a joyful time, a meh time, I don't know. I totally get it. Like, we, we, we go through seasons, and sometimes Christmas doesn't feel like fun and all that stuff. We watched The Grinch last night. The Grinch hated Christmas. He hated Christmas. It reminded him that he, that he spent all these times in Christmas not happy. And, and, but at the end, he realized that all he had to do was step into the joy. All he had to do was actually close his eyes. It's the, it's the newer Grinch, not the old Grinch. The old Grinch was kind of weird uh, with Jim Carrey, but the new one's much better. And, and it was such a beautiful story. It was the spirit of adoption. It was the spirit of a father. It was actually the spirit of an orphan moving into fathering. Come on. But, it, but the little girl said, all you have to do when you hear the singing is close your eyes and you get filled with happiness. <laughs> I'm like, come on, that's amazing. All you have to do is close your eyes and believe that this is all for you. Anyway, I, 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 I get there's a lot more to that, but, um, but Christmas. Um, let, let's talk about a baby. Let's talk about a baby. We t- <laughs> Specifically, baby Jesus. I'm so glad you're here. I didn't pay him, but I'll, I will reimburse you later. Um, Luke 2.10, I bring you good news. Good news of what? Great joy. joy. Say that. Say that. Great joy. Great Great joy. joy. I bring you good news of? Great joy. Isn't that amazing? He said great joy. I bring you good news of great joy. This is the angels coming, the unangel coming down and speaking to the shepherds. What was so great about this baby being born? We're going to dive into that a little bit, okay? (laughs) All right. Yeah, a lot of notes. I got really excited about this message, um, and I hope it doesn't go too long. That's what, you're, that's what we're praying for. Okay. Listen, it, it, I, one thing I love about, as I was thinking about the Jesus, I don't love holiday messages. I, just transparency here. 
I think, I think the message of, of salvation, the message of, of the gospel shouldn't just be an Easter thing. It should be at every Sunday somehow. We weave it in there. So the message of, of Christmas and like goodwill towards men, of great joy, I'm like, that's, that's, that's every Sunday. Like, <laughs> and so I, I wrestle with these holiday messages sometimes that I, I, just, I, I just surrender and I say, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. People like holiday messages. I'll do it, Jesus. And so I, I, I was thinking about this, like, oh, what, do I, what do I really feel like is I mean, God's highlighting? And, you know, I felt like we were supposed to look at this little baby, little baby Jesus, right? And, he's, and he's, just, he's this little baby in the flesh, right? What else would he be, right? The flesh. But the story of Christmas, of Jesus' birth, it's like... The, I want to I, I want to kind of open this little like carpet bag up like Mary Poppins' carpet bag you know you're like oh what's in here you're like right she just started pulling stuff out so we're gonna pull some things out today okay so I feel like that we're gonna go on a little bit of a journey to understand what is this baby Jesus thing so such a big deal and I get there was a big deal when 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 the angel came to Mary and the baby was was put in the womb there's some but I want to talk about Jesus in the flesh. Let's talk about Jesus in the flesh, this little baby. The dualism, the dualism duality, one of those words. The, the remarkable thing that, I, that I, was, I was talking to Michael back there that I think punctuates what we're talking about today is that we had two massive paradigms happening in that manger. We had one paradigm where, where Jesus, the king of kings, from the beginning of time, remember, he didn't just become king when he was born. This, this was from the creation of time. Jesus was, I, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And the, Jesus was there from the beginning. So he comes down as, as, as fully God, and he makes himself known as a baby in the flesh, in the, in, 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 with, at the trough, right? In, in the manger, it, uh, it, with, the, with the hay, with smelly hay, with poop and pee and horses and, and, and all that other stuff, right? Think about that. And so you have like this, like this baby, Jesus, he humbles himself. You get that's what's happening. This king who could have a robe and a crown and jewels and authority says, I'm going to become nothing. I'm going to become the most fragile thing. I know this is, people preach on this. I get that. But I'm just, I love that. And then you have these wise men, these astrologers, they, they come and they travel and they, and then you have the other side of it. They recognize, yes, I see a baby here, but you're worthy of kingship. And so you have these, these gifts that are so like, just different. I mean, like, where did, you, you think they had to like, like, do some pooper scooping before they put the myrrh there, you know? Like, yeah, like let me just, just clean this off here. Let me clean. I don't want the myrrh getting dirty and the gold. Like, it just, we need to move that cow pie over here and put the... So you just got to imagine what's going on here. There's this massive difference between what's happening in that manger. It's not just a bunch of, you know, you know um, Snoopy and his friends, like, holding hands and singing. There was something radical happening that night. This is a story, not of a baby, but of freedom. When Jesus was born, this is what was announced. Great news. A good news of great joy. What was the joy about? Freedom. 
It was about freedom. Not William Wallace freedom, but a different freedom, right? A man, a, a baby kind of freedom. He had to come. Jesus had to come as a baby so that he could bring freedom and take back authority. How does a baby do that? How does a baby, fragile, in the flesh, that cries and poops and pees, and they didn't have diapers back then, but I changed a lot of diapers lately. Philippians 2, 7, he says, But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. God became man. I know, it, it's, we say it so often, but don't miss this. God became man. Hebrews 2.14, it says, it says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, meaning us, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and might free those, freedom, free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their life. Listen to that. And might free those who through fear of death. He's, he's freeing us from a fear of death. What, I'm, what, what I read in there is that all of fear is rooted in this thing of fear of death. Isn't that interesting? All of our fears, all of our anxieties, when you break them down, it's fear of death. It's fear of loss, fear of lack, fear of not being enough. All is fear. Jesus came to conquer death. This is a baby in a manger surrounded by animals. They were outcasts. Because you remember, there was a, all the other baby boys didn't make it. But this one did. This one was the one that was setting us free. This is a story of freedom. And so he came in the flesh. Jesus came as a mortal, fully God and fully man. Fully God and fully man. What does that mean? It, it means that he came... Well, I'll, I'll continue. He partook of our flesh, meaning he became our flesh. He experienced all of our emotions, our feelings, and our changing nature. Jesus came down and took on our nature. Now, why is that important? It's important because he, he came down as a man, and in order to die for our sins, he had to become that which we are. Because when, when Adam fell, he took on a sin nature, right? Amen. You guys with me? We'll, we'll preach on Romans another day, I promise. Maybe a few months of it. But, but listen, when, when the, the fall of Adam brought our sin nature, we were prone to sin. Prone to wander, Lord, I know it. That was before you got saved, though. That was your old nature, prone to, I once was blind, but now I, right? I once was prone to disobeying God, and now I'm prone to obeying Him. I once was prone to wander, to hate, to fear, to be afraid, to have anxiety, to have depression, to have addictions. And now I have freedom. But, but, but you see, that old self, that old nature was the sin nature in us that actually... And so, so Moses goes up on the mountain. I'm going to tell a quick story, okay? Walk with me. I told you it's a journey. 
Moses then, it comes on the scene. There's a couple covenants. One, we have the, um, the Abraham covenant, right? Or the Noah covenant, where Noah makes a covenant with God, and God says, I will no longer destroy the earth the way I did, and I'll give you a rainbow to show you that I'm not going to destroy the earth anymore, right? Okay, then we have Abraham's covenant. Abraham's covenant is that he, that he walks through the dead animals, right? They split them aside and makes a covenant with God, and God says, I will make your people numerous. You will be a blessed people, Right? So if you're ever wondering why Christians are blessed, bless you, brother, bless you. That's what they're talking about. So when you say bless you, you're agreeing with the covenant that God made with Abraham, and this is true about you. You're blessed, right? If you don't feel blessed, it's because you don't know about the covenant that was made for you. And when you learn and grow and understand and meditate on what, that, what it means that God would call you blessed, you begin to walk in it. Okay, moving on. So after that, then we have Moses, and he takes his people out of Egypt and brings them across the desert. And while they're going, Moses tells his people, God wants to be with us. He wants to talk with us. And what do the people say? No. We are afraid of God. We're afraid of God. And so the people are actually afraid of God. But you got I want to put this in perspective. God is after his people. You've got to recognize all of these covenants is God's commitment to building relationship. All of these covenants is him saying, I'll never, I'll never destroy you again. I want to live with you. I want to work with you. I want to make this work. We're not going to do this again. I'm going to be with you. We're going to figure this out. Abraham, all this stuff. I'm going to bless your people. I'm going to... And then, and then Moses comes on the scene, and God says, I want to talk with everybody. And all of the people say, no, we're afraid. And Moses says, okay, I'll talk alone with him, right? So Moses goes up on the mountain and receives the Ten Commandments. He receives the law. Everybody say the law. Everybody say, yay. I know, we think the law is bad, but here's the law. Here's what the law did. It was God's way of, of helping us build connection what? It was. The law told his people, it told his people what they needed to do to stay in a right relationship with him. I know, we think the law is bad, and it's actually called an inferior covenant. But the law was good at the time. The law actually showed us that we needed a savior. We needed a baby to be born in a manger in order to have relationship with him. This is so good. You see how it's all coming together? Now listen, so, so Moses comes down and he says, here's the laws. By the way, you're not going to be able to keep them all. So, so Aaron and the priests, they, 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 God gave them instruction for how he was, his plan was to keep connection with everybody. And so God's plan was he's going to have priests that every year make sacrifices. So when this law is how you keep relationship with me. But if you fail, we're going to make some sacrifices, and there's going to be some, uh, some uh, cleaning up of you. We're going to clean you up. We're going to clean you up. We're going to cut a, we're going to give these two little, uh, these goats. One of them we're going to sacrifice, put them in the mercy seat, and we're going to clean you up, and you're going to be clean. The other goat we're going to release into the wilderness, and he's, he's going to be lost. You know what they call that goat? The scapegoat. You know what Jesus is? He's the scapegoat. He took your sins, and, and he, he made them never to be remembered again. It's, it's as if your sins wandered off into the wilderness and were never seen again. And that was the purpose. That was his covenant. That was the Old Testament stuff. Are you, are you tracking me? Yeah. All right, all right. 
All right, so, so this is how God was saying, I want connection and relationship with you, even in the Old Testament. Isn't that cool? We love Jesus and how he, 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 he made connection. We can go boldly. They couldn't do that before, so they had to have these laws. Okay. But we still had a problem. We still had a problem. God was still just cleaning us off with these sacrifices, right? And so Jesus wanted to make a new covenant. God actually wasn't satisfied with uh, a group of people that he got to be with every now and then, but they still didn't have the ability to stop sinning. They didn't have the ability to be free. They weren't really free people. Do you understand that? There wasn't freedom in the same way now as it was then. And then it was freedom once a year <laughs> when they got to have, be, get cleaned up. And so God sent his son Jesus in the form of a man, a baby, flesh, yes, and, and, he, and, he, and he made himself flesh. But why did he make himself flesh? Because the sacrifice had to be in the same way of the group that was sacrificed for. Did you get that? And so, so because we have flesh, Jesus had to come in flesh. And you, 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 the, the, was it substitution? Substi oh, I, I wish I was a better theological scholar. But you get me, he substituted our flesh for his flesh. He actually had to pay the price that, that lined up with who we are. So he couldn't just, you couldn't sacrifice, uh, I couldn't sacrifice Keith. Keith couldn't give his life for me. This is the gospel, by the way. Keith couldn't say, you know what, Jesse's guilty of sin. He missed, he missed the mark. So Keith's like, well, I'll lay my life down for him and I'll pay for his sins. But Keith couldn't do it because the judge looks at Keith and says, oh, Keith, you've sinned yourself. And so Keith's friend over here, Rick, says, well, I'll, I'll die for Keith. And God looks at Rick and says, oh, gosh, Rick, I know you're a good man and all, but, but you have also fallen short of the glory of God. And so he had to find one person that was in the flesh. You see, if God came as a spirit to die for us, see, spirit can't die. Deity can't die. So he had to come in such a way that could actually give his life. Did you get that? Baby, Jesus, in the flesh, in the manger, poop everywhere. Come on. Come on. This is a big deal. He came in the flesh. And so Jesus comes on the scene in the flesh. But you've got to recognize what's happening here. So like Jesus walking around, fully God, fully human, See, we're made in his image, but we're not like God. See, Jesus was made in his image and, and was like God in, in many ways, and yet he still, he partook of our humanity he took on flesh, this form, and walked the earth as a man in all the ways. Hebrews 4, 5, since, therefore, since we have a great high priest, did I already read that? No, I didn't. That was Hebrews 2. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Here it is. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So Jesus came in as a, as a man in a right relationship with God, living perfectly with the Father as a man of flesh. See, God has feelings, just not like ours. God, he thirsts and tastes. Jesus talks about love, joy, kindness, sadness. But yet God does not have the same creaturely existence as we do. God is not limited by our humanity, although he is human. He's not limited. God is far above and beyond any limited concept of human emotion. And yet he chose to be limited. And yet God willed and chose voluntarily to partake human flesh and blood. He took on our system of change and fluctuation. Emotional changes, up and down. He got angry, he laughed, he ate, he upturned tables. He did all of this stuff. This is Jesus. He, and he did it all as man and as God. Jesus didn't come to identify with us and em- just to empathize and, and identify with us. He came to take upon himself flesh and blood. If you got to think about it, his mission on earth was to take on flesh and blood. Because his ultimate mission was to destroy death. And in order to do that, he had to come as the one that originally violated that covenant. It was through death that he might destroy the one who has the power of death. Only, human, only a human nature could die because God can't die. So if he was to die, he had to come as God in the flesh. 1 John 3, 8. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Not one who is born of God practices sin because his, sin, his seed abides in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. See, God came on the scene and promised to love us and to build connection. But it it wasn't fully completed until Jesus came and died as a man on the cross. Remember what Jesus says? It is... There was was multiple covenants before this one, but this one, he said, it's finished. This is the finality of the time we live in right now. This is the the power of of the Christ covenant, is that in history, they had multiple covenants that got them closer and closer and closer to being fully free people. But then when Jesus died, he gave us a whole new nature. He took the keys of death. He sacrificed his perfect life beautiful, sinless life full of flesh and blood and died and bought us freedom. Colossians 2, 13. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him, Jesus. He was able to come in the flesh, 
to save us from the flesh, our old nature, our old heart, which the Bible actually calls it's a heart of stone. Ezekiel 36, 26. Sorry, a lot of scripture here. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. He will cause you to be righteous. This is in the Old Testament, you guys. This is him talking about Jesus coming and what he's going to do. And what he's going to do, he's going to take the heart of stone. Remember, before you got saved, you were called the sons of the devil. Yikes. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> it's in there. Truth hurts. <laughs> All have sinned and fall short and are prone. They're prone to missing out on his voice. They're prone to hearing the voice of another but he says, this is the prophetic word spoken in Ezekiel, that Jesus, one will come and he'll take your heart of stone and give you a heart of what? How did Jesus come? Yeah. Did you get it? It's just, it's this beautiful story. It's this beautiful story that Jesus had to come in the flesh because he needed to give us a heart of flesh. And by the way, once Christ died and rose again, he didn't lose his flesh. He didn't lose his flesh. Why? Because he was modeling something for us. He was modeling something. We are still flesh and bone, right? Last time you checked? You ever had your latest x-ray vision? I don't know. But <laughs> Jesus was modeling that after we get saved, we still have flesh, but our hearts are new. Listen, I used to be in the Navy. Some of you guys know that. And I, when, I, when I first got in the Navy, I was part of ROTC, which is like a college program where you play Navy for a few years. Until you finally say, okay, I'm going to give you some my blood and you can take my life for the next four or five years or nine years as it was for me. And, um, and, and once a week, we had to polish all the brass in this building. Um, up in Seattle, as part of UW, and there, the, the weather there was not conducive to keeping brass shiny. So we had our work cut out for us every single week. Um, we would be polishing that, that stuff. And it had this little, little ever heard of never dull? I don't know if it's just the Navy or the military, but we use weird stuff. And it's like this, this, this it's, a, it's a container full of cotton that's like drenched in this, all I can say is a chemical. I have no idea what that is. My wife would not approve of it now. If it was in our house, it wouldn't be for long. <coughs> and so we have this Neverdoll, and we take out pieces of this Neverdoll, right? And we... And we'd rub it, and we'd rub it, and we'd rub it, and we'd take a cloth, and we'd polish and polish and polish. Then we'd rub it. How many of you guys ever polished brass before, right? Not like me, all right? Not like me, all right? I've done way more polishing than any of you guys have. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it's cool when it's done. It looks shiny. It's like, we did that. That was awesome. Look at that. It's beautiful. That's our handiwork. Two days later... You're looking at all this tarnish. You're looking at all this like, oh, I do it again? You're like, who put their hand on this thing? It's like, no, it's just Seattle. <laughs> but you see what's happened. What, well, it, that was all we could do. All we could do is come before him and repent and ho hopefully he'll polish us up again. Hopefully he'll take away our anxiety. Hopefully he'll, hopefully he'll, he'll um, uh, give us better beliefs. 
But the reality is we had no capacity to stay bright and shiny. It wasn't until Jesus came and he did away with Neverdoll. See, he didn't come to polish up this heart of stone that we used to have. He didn't come to, to, to buff out some scratches and send you on your way. All better now. No, he, he grabbed that heart and says, I don't know what to do with the heart of stone, but here's a heart of flesh. I'm going to put it in you. And the heart of flesh is your new nature. The heart of flesh is your heart that says, God, I am prone to love you, actually. I am prone to listen to you. Now when Jesus says, my, I am the good shepherd, my sheep hear my voice, now we say, that's me. I'm prone to hearing his voice. I'm prone to making good decisions and not bad decisions. I'm prone to feeling accepted and not feeling um, unaccepted. I'm prone to feeling welcomed in instead of prone to feeling alone. I'm not prone to wander anymore. That's why we don't sing that song. I don't, I don't like the theology. And so just think about that baby. Think about that. This is, this, we, we compartmentalize this thing like champions, don't we? It's, it, it, it doesn't have to be serious and, and deep and feel like it can be simple. But you have to get that Jesus laying there in the flesh was so much bigger in that moment than just unto us a child is born. Celebrate. Give him some gifts. It was this massive, massive storyline. You got to remember, they were like 400 years without God talking to them. That's a long time from having all the judges and the prophets and the kings that they had speak to, to now have nothing. And then a child comes on. And what do they think? He's going to bring freedom. Finally, the Romans will leave us alone and they're going to come in and take out all of our persecutors and we can finally have all of our pharisaical laws and teachings and religious power. That's what they thought. That was what it was. It was the religious leaders were excited for the Messiah to deliver them from the Romans and all the people that were trying to kill their fun. But what did he do? He came and brought them real freedom. Not from the Romans, but from death. Oh, this is so deep, you guys. I mean, just think about, think about, he says that, that man is called to die only, only once. Right? And so what's our baptism? It's the death, and that's the only death we're called. Then we live for eternity. Like, this is, this is just so... This is the Bible. <laughs> Freedom. I don't know. I, I, as I was thinking about this story, I'm like, this is such a deep, like, theological, like, just diving into the covenants. And there's so much more to the covenants. Some of you guys know, like, I, I might even be doing a disservice to half of it. But my simplicity in me like causes us to kind of just understand it as a child 
And I want you to get this, that when you start to recognize the bigness of the gospel, when you recognize, why is the blood so important? Why is this all about his blood? Like, what's with this cross jewelry? Like, I don't get it. But when you, but you have to see it in this light. So every time we think of like, oh, I just want to preach the gospel, we have to see it as this epic story that didn't just bring freedom, but brought freedom with so many different, different ways. I think that's just what, what floors me as I go through this and I read this. It's, this is so much bigger than a holiday. It's so much bigger than a religion. And so I think that's my goal this morning is to invite you guys into even just a peek of really what, what's going on when Jesus comes in the flesh. It's way bigger. It's way bigger. When you read the Gospels now, read this, that Jesus is doing everything as a man and as fully God. With all the limitations the Bible says that he had to grow in favor with God. Think of that limitation. Oh, why don't you stand with me? Stand. Don't ever lose your wonder. If you ever lose your wonder for the man of Jesus, for God, for the Holy Spirit, for the kingdom of heaven, if you ever lose your wonder... Man, I don't, I don't know what to do. That wonder is the thing that, that, that draws us into him. The moment you say, I understand this. The moment you start complaining about praying for a baby to be raised from the dead after five or six days. The moment you, you try to explain away what you think is theologically right in your heart. Instead of saying, oh, I wonder what that's about, God. What does it mean, God, when you command us to raise the dead? I wonder. What does it mean when you say, cast out demons, heal the sick, live a life without sin? Go and sin no more. I wonder what that meant. Go and sin no more. Did he lie to her? Was it like, go and sin no more, but good luck? Good luck. The, <laughs> there might be some Christians along the way that tell you that's not possible, so good luck. <laughs> but go and sin no more unless someone tells you it's not possible. Right. You get me, guys. You get me. There is, this is so much deeper than what you believe about a scripture or about your theology. This is about God. The, the God that came in the flesh to completely confound you. The mystery of the gospel is called that for a reason. And so don't don't put it in a box. Seek out wonder. Um, And I just, I I asked Katie to to come up here and I want to end just talk, just singing about his beautiful name. And in all wonder, we can worship him because we don't know what we're doing. We, we, we have glimpses, but it's just, it's really okay, you guys, and it's probably really beneficial to just raise your hands and say, God, I have 
no idea just how good you are, but I want to know. And I want to give it away. And I want to give it away to everybody I meet, but I don't know how, so you're also going to have to help me. praise right now. It's just thank you, God. Lord, we thank you for an incredible holiday, God. I pray for every family, God. I pray for every son and every daughter that they would know that they're loved. 
I pray for every orphan that doesn't have a family around them, God, that you would supernaturally speak to them, God, so that they would know that they too have a family and a father. But I pray for every mother and every father in this room, God, that you would show them how to love without measure, God. Without anything in return, God, I pray for our mothers and fathers here, God, that you would show them how to, how to love well and to parent and show, our, show their kids the love that you bring, God. I pray for restoration of families, God, this, this season, God. And I want to encourage every one of you that, that you have a good family and you can celebrate it freely and you don't feel like, you just know like you've been blessed with a great family. I want to encourage you, don't hide it. Don't hide the joy that, you, that the family has cultivated, that you worked hard for. Because families that are hurting and are broken and they're, they're, they're not doing well, they need to have something to put their eyes on. So some of you guys are called to be the, the families that, that shout out the joy of connection. And then maybe reach out and grab those families that are not able to celebrate that yet. God, I pray for families this morning. God, I pray for... God, I pray for salvations this Christmas, God. In every church, God. In every church. And right now, actually, God, if there's anybody in here right now, I want to speak to you guys. You can close your eyes, open them, I don't care. But if you're in this room and you don't, you don't have relationship with the kindest father I have ever known, if you don't know him, if you don't walk with him, if you have not given your life and asked him what he would do with it, if you've never done that, I want to invite you this morning. If it's one of you, if it's four of you, I want to invite you this morning. Say yes to God. To just tell him, I'll give you everything. You, I, whatever you want to do with my life, please do something with it. If that's you, I just I want you to raise your hand right now. It's like, I need God in my life. I need Jesus. And maybe you've just walked away from him. Maybe you're visiting with a family member, and you're like, gosh, I could... This thing just is stirring up in my heart. I remember this feeling that maybe you've walked away from God and you just need to walk back to him. Raise your hand. If that's you, I need, I need to walk back to God. I need to have that fire relit in my heart. I need God's mercy on me for that fire. If that's you, raise your hand. I just, if that's you, just declare it in front of everybody right now. Like, I just, I need more of God in my life. I've walked away and I need to come back. hand on your heart right now. Lord, we're thankful, God, for this season. Lord, may you just continually stir up our hunger and our wonder for you, God. May it draw us into greater places of love. May we be the most generous, authentic people on the planet, God. Teach us to give big for those around us, God. Teach us to give love, give money, give gifts, Give care, give value away, God. Celebrate people, God. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for Christmas, God. <laughs> amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. Amen, Jesus. Come on.
Hey, can we get our prayer team to come on up here? We have an amazing prayer team. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.